This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Hey, folks, this is Ken McCusick, and we're here for another film study today. Uh, today, I'm joined by Dan Rees, a friend of mine, an actual fellow actuary, to talk about the NFL schedule. Dan, how are you doing? Very good. How about you? No complaints here. Uh, you, you're the perfect person to go over this with me. And I, I, I feel kind of silly writing this article in a in an environment like this where we're just hoping to have some sort of a football season. The NFL has come out today with, with a lengthy list of adjustments that they would make to the schedule uh, to try and get all 16 games in. And and I don't know about you, but I'd be very happy if they got the games in as a 10-point factor, if they can have fans in the stands as an 8- or a 9-point factor for me, 
and these minor scheduling difficulties we're going to talk about today, uh, scheduling inequities, are about a three-point factor in relative sense. Yeah, definitely just uh, excited, you know, to even think about the upcoming season. So hopefully everything works out. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's got to be everybody's first priority this way. Well, anyway, um, when we talk about this and we do this every year, we look at the schedule and we try and and separate two facts. And one is how these games were assigned. The NFL, of course, has a rotating schedule and they have a, a fixed schedule based on the previous season's uh, outcome. So the who and the where the Ravens are going to play is already decided as soon as the last season is over, uh, as soon as the last regular season is over, in fact. So we all we have to, left to debate is the when that the schedule makers throw at you as a subjective factor. Yep. You know, it's always, uh, you know, you always can kind of map out half of the story, but the when is the kind of the big part that just came out. All right. So a few years ago, I came up with a system and I, I kind of wanted you to, as a impartial observer or as someone who's, who's, you know, maybe familiar with it, but, but hasn't had a chance to speak on it. I, I wanted you to give you a chance to ask some good questions about this, this scoring system I've got here. And uh, effectively, I have a number of factors that figure into the, the scheduling and how it impacts the fairness. Uh, and I try and have an aggregate score of zero for the entire league. So I'm trying to, I can't quite make that work as we're going to get to, but, I, but the, the average score should be zero for all teams combined. So I want to look at a few primary categories. What are the categories that, that, that impact that score? And the first is playing international games. If you lose international games to London, that's a significant factor, but that's somewhat simplified this year, isn't it? Yeah, it takes a, takes a big factor out of it this year um, with, without the international games in London or Mexico. So that, that makes this equation a little bit easier. Yeah, I never have liked it, by the way. It's, it's something that uh, we enjoyed going over there for a game until they actually played that horrible game against the, the Jaguars a couple of years ago. And uh, uh, that was no fun. So anyway, we, we've uh, I don't know about you guys, but but I've got. I know the NFL will should try and get more popular in Europe and whatnot. I just I'm not really interested in losing games to to uh, outside the United States. Call me an national. Yeah, they, yeah, they never seem the, like the most high quality games. Probably impacted by all that travel. So, but uh, you know, there's a market to be had. So arguments about it either way. Yeah, and we are. I I don't I, I want to separate that very clearly. Love having a lot of fans from the UK, from Scotland, from Germany, uh, from Spain who who listen to the podcast and greatly appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I guess we should be okay that a few Jacksonville games get played over there. But uh, but we want you to be coming to coming to the United States for Ravens games if possible. Definitely. Yep. All right. We'll get on to the first factor, which is. A very significant impact on the on the Ravens 2020 scoring is playing on Thursdays. Now, playing on a Thursday uh, is in and of itself is a good thing. If you play on Thursday um, at home, that's even a better thing. And getting an incremental Thursday game is worth something as well, obviously. And you, you always get one home, one road if you play two games. The Ravens are fortunate enough to play two Thursday games this year. They're not quite as fortunate in when those two Thursday games are scheduled because they play week 12 against the Steelers. That's Thanksgiving night at Pittsburgh. That's a bad combination of factors. Playing on a short week on the road in particular has been exceptionally bad. It's actually been something I think the NFL has been trying to hide is how unequitable it is to play a road Thursday game. The teams that do so have a have a low winning percentage, and I keep seeing the the NFL presenting data since 2012, which actually crops out some of the differences in terms of home team advantage. Yeah, definitely traveling. You know, it, is it primarily the difference? Uh, you know, driven by the is the difference primarily driven because of the travel and losing an extra day in an already shortened week? Is that the issue, you think? Yeah, there's, there's two things going on. So you have a short week that week, and then you have a long week after it. So the long week after it has value. And, it, and that way, it's better to play on Thursday than it is to play on Monday from, the, from that mm -hmm. perspective. 
but playing on the short week on the road is very tough. And then when you get it in divisional games, it, it ends up being a pretty significant playoff factor. So playing the Steelers on the on the road Thursday is literally the worst situation for the for the Ravens. They they don't want that. They love to play that game at home. They hate they hate playing it on the road. Yeah, in I a sense. Yeah. Go Sorry, go ahead. I, I in a sense they've already had it twice at home against the Steelers, so it it does you know at some point they're going to lose that game. Yeah, I think you know I I definitely understand that divisional games are more important um, for playoff reasons, but. I guess a, a counter argument could be that you you know your divisional foe a lot better. So a shortened week, uh, you know, the, you may be able to you know handle the less time for preparation. So you know the Ravens clearly know about Pittsburgh. So you know that that could make up for some of the lost time. Yeah, they certainly have to do some of that practicing. Uh, really, the previous week, maybe have a walkthrough or or additional class time before they. Uh, you know, are even into that Monday through Wednesday stretch where things are, are highly compressed. Um, I mentioned they had the two consecutive uh, Thursday games. The second Thursday game the Ravens play this year is against the Cowboys. And so even though they're playing that at home, they don't derive that same short week advantage against the Cowboys they would otherwise have. So it's nice to have the after effect of the extra rest from that Cowboy game, but they lose the value of short-weeking the Cowboys, who will also be playing on Thanksgiving night, just like the, or Thanksgiving Day, in their case, just like the Ravens. Yeah, it's almost kind of even for the Dallas game, where you know they're both coming off Thursday. The only real advantage there is that it's, it's home for Baltimore, so the Dallas has got to travel. So... Uh, one other thing I would say about the Pittsburgh game is that is you know Thanksgiving week, and... You know, I, I can't speak for NFL players or coaches, but that week is often kind of non-standard anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just another another wrench to to throw into that week. So, so there's a lot going on that week. Right. There, there, there certainly is. And um, anyway, we'll we'll see how this one plays out this year. The, the net of the Thursday games is a plus three for the Ravens on the calendar, but there's a subjective adjustment that has to come later to account for some of the Cowboys' value being lost and the fact that it's the Steelers, a divisional opponent, um, that they're getting at home. It's interesting. The last three years, they played Cincinnati on the road. I believe it's Cincinnati on the road on a Thursday. Then they played the Jets at home. Then they played Pittsburgh on the road. So they're okay in terms of getting the home road breakdown of Thursday games they'd hope for. It's just they're playing divisional road Thursday games as opposed to a home game against the Jets, which has actually pretty minimal value. So just to clarify, a, a, a positive three, positive is easier, right? That's that's easier. But all we've done is incorporate for the Thursdays. We haven't really we haven't really taken away the value for the Cowboys being on a full week for them as well. Yep. Okay. All right, so now let's get to the next thing. And I, and some of it is when you play, but a lot of it is when your opponent played the previous week. And this this is something that a lot of people don't look at, but I look at very closely, is where are other teams play the previous week? So the Ravens, incredibly, play three teams coming off a previous Thursday game. They play the Texans in Week 2, the Titans in Week 11, and the Cowboys in Week 13. All those are coming off a previous Thursday game. Now, we already talked about the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, this this makes up for some of that Cowboy factor here because we've, we're, we're, we're charging them back, essentially, for the game, having played on the Thursday the week before. Now, the average team is going to play against one team coming off a of Thursday, but actually slightly more than that. But the average team, we're going to say, is very close to one. And uh, for the Ravens to play three is a pretty significant negative event. Um, and, and I have that as a minus six point outcome on this schedule scoring mechanism. Yeah, so you canceled out that three from before and lost another three. Um, there, you, there you go. One thing, one thing I wanted to point out that even kind of makes it a little bit worse is on the Tennessee game, um, I believe we play on Sunday night right before that so it's an even shorter week for us uh so 
Okay, but it's a, a Sunday night to Sunday for us, and it's Thursday yep. night to Sunday for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they get the advantage of Thursday, and we lose a little bit of Sunday due to timing. So it'll be interesting. And I think the Titans, it's a big one, I think. Houston, not as terrible, but Titans, I think, is pretty big based on, uh, you know, how, how it went last time. I think Dean Pease did a pretty good job scheming, so hate giving him the extra time. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And, I, you know, the Titans certainly and the Texans both are potential playoff contenders, whether it's talking about a wild card or seeding, whatever it might be. They're, you know, those are playoff contending teams. Now, honestly, so, so are the Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. Of, of who might be there. Yeah, if you had to pick, you know, if you had to have that uh, that negative, it's those aren't the teams to have it against. So, it's not right. ideal matchups. All right. All right. Well, the next factor we look at is Monday Night Football. So, nobody wants to play on Monday Night Football. All it means is both teams going into that game play on a long week. So it's no particular advantage, but it's a big disadvantage to play the next Sunday after a Monday night game. And you mentioned it kind of in the Sunday night to Thursday sense or, or the Thursday night, Sunday night sense. But the um, uh, Monday night situation is pretty darn bad for teams who have more than one Monday night football game. You should have one, but for teams that have uh, none, it's a plus two for teams that have more than one, it is minus two for each. The Ravens have two Monday Night Football games, so they're a minus two. I do also adjust for either plus one or minus one if you have a road game or a home game the following week. So it's actually, think of it as minus three if you have a road game after your Monday night game and minus one only if you have a home game after your Monday night game. Yeah, okay. So one thing I wanted to ask about that is that um, uh, the first time, the first Monday night game, uh, we've got a you know, away game in week four afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but the away game is in Washington. So does that really count as an away game? Like that's you're a- not really losing time for travel. Yeah, that's a very good question, and that's probably one where I should have made a subjective adjustment by a point there and just said, let the formula do its work and then stick it yeah. in as a subjective adjustment at the end and, and and swap it out. I didn't do that, but but that's a very valid point. Uh, that's not a big loss in, in, in time there. I guess I don't uh, really know how, how the, you know, whether they go to the facility first or just meet in Washington or what, but but I think that saves some time for sure not traveling the day before. Yeah, I think they they always spend the night in a hotel the night before, and I think that's true even for a home game. So okay. that that they that they uh, uh, they go there, and I could be wrong about that, but it's definitely true on the road. You don't you don't allow you don't you don't run the risk of somebody not being there where right. they're supposed to be. And the, I've seen the Steelers playbook for what they require out of a hotel. And it's very extensive. They want like three floors where nobody else can be on it. And they need meeting facilities and this and that. And it's just, it, there's a whole bunch of things they require. And, and I think a lot of teams are going to be very similar in that regard. You always hear Collinsworth talk about those meetings that they have in the hotel where they basically count off one to 11 for every special teams unit who's going to be on the field. And, and you know, that's supposed to prevent some of the problems that will occur. Uh, and, and, you know, the Ravens have had some 12 men on the field issues in recent years. They've, you know, they've, they've had a, ten, a, a relatively well-known 10 men on the field incident in, um, a, a, on a punt where Anthony Levine fortunately noticed it and didn't allow the ball to be snapped. But it could have been, it could have been bad news otherwise. So it's good that they have those kind of meetings. I always love the, col- the color that Collinsworth gives us with those kind of uh, inside football moments. Yeah, definitely cool to get the behind-the-scenes stories. So, yep, didn't didn't mean to take us on a tangent, but I think uh, it's interesting to think about where the teams you're playing are relative, you know, and how that impacts the away games. So, okay, the next the next thing on the list is where you whether or not your opponent played on Monday Night Football the previous week. So we already talked about. You know, nobody wants to play on Monday Night Football, but you really want your opponent to have played on Monday Night Football the week before. So if you have 
one opponent coming off Monday Night Football the prior week. That's normal. You get a zero for that. If you get two, then you get a plus two. If you if you get none, you get a minus two. The Ravens play only one game as expected against a team coming off a Monday night game. It's a pretty good one. The Patriots in week 10. So at least it's a fairly high value um, Monday night football prior opponent. So it's a, it's at least it's a potential AFC playoff rival, but I did not think going over it that it was really worth a subjective adju- adjustment for as much as a full point uh, beyond that. I just think it is nice that it's a, it's a playoff opponent. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Now, next thing, and this is one a lot of people look at because it's easy, is the bye week. Well, I looked at the average bye week, and I've been looking at that for several years. It's crept up this year to 8.69. Okay, so that's the that's the average week on which all 32 NFL teams have their bye. So I said, I'm going to take the actual week of your bye, and I'm going to subtract nine, and that's the number of points you have for scheduling advantage in this sense. People generally want a later buy. They think it's worth more in terms of recouping for the end of the season. Uh, the Ravens have their buy in week eight, so it's a minus one in this particular thing, not a particularly significant disadvantage, uh, certainly not a terrible situation. There are weeks, uh, teams taking off as early as week five, and Carolina and Tampa Bay are real outliners this year. They have a week 13 buy together where no teams are off in week 12. Really strange. Yeah, um, I think it, it almost, for me, seems like right in the middle is probably best for teams. I guess there could be arguments that later is better, but I would think that you know having a week eight or nine is probably ideal placement for, um, for the teams. I would think week 13 would be kind of, <laughs> would, be, would be pretty late, so... It, it would be it would be late. I guess it gets you prepared for a stretch drive, but then you've really worked hard to get there. I agree. It's a yeah. it'd be a difficult one. Uh, one interesting thing about the bye weeks this year, they may be non-standard because the NFL is making every week two opponent week two. I don't know why they chose that. Have the same bye week. So basically, what they're saying is, if we have to start the season two weeks late. We can put everybody to play on their bye week against each other, eliminate the bye entirely, and uh, get the season done in one fewer weeks. One cre- as a creative scheduling methodology, I give the NFL a lot of credit for coming up with that. That actually would be a pretty hard thing to schedule, I would think, but uh, but they got it done. Yeah, it's. I, I think people would be probably amazed at how much work goes behind the scenes to all this. So. Uh, but that is a pretty, pretty neat thing. So that would be the the Houston game for us that would get moved. So it would be it would be the Houston game. Yeah, that would get moved. All righty. The the next one is is probably the biggest one and one that has bitten the Ravens in the butt year after year, many times, let's say, in the past without ever being a positive. Well, this year, amazingly, with a lot of other negatives on the slate, the Ravens do not play a single team coming off a bye this year. And that's very unusual. There's 32 teams. There's 32 buys to be assigned, and therefore there's 32 opponents you face after a buy in total in the NFL. Everybody should get one. And it's one of the things that does not take a set theory expert to figure out how to do that because you do it very easily with divisional games and divisional buys, like broad divisional buys the week before. Then you always come off and you play a divisional game. It wouldn't be hard to find you know, 16 matchups of that variety that would be coming off the bye. And I think it'd be something actually kind of fun to scheme for and uh, and uh, look forward to as fans to, to do that. So I don't think it would be a bad thing from from a uh, competitive balance thing, of course, but I don't think also from a from a just a fan interest thing to come off the game into a big divisional game, come off the bye into a big divisional game. Yep, we just gave the NFL credit for doing a great job making something figuring out something complicated and then they kind of went the other way and make it, made it unequal, something that they could figure out pretty easily. So yeah, that's exactly but, right. Well, it helps us out this, this year. We're on the good side of that issue this year. So yeah, I, I, I still don't take any real solace in it. I mean, I think maybe, you know, the only thing I can think is maybe the NFL knows about a lot of the other scheduling inequities and they want the variable number of bye weeks to kind of make things even. 
and they think this is a way to make it even for the Ravens with all the other, you know, prime time crapola they're they're dealing with with the Thursday night opponents and the and the Monday night football and all that they shouldn't have to play anybody coming off a bye. But my own personal opinion is they probably didn't even think that much into it, and and you know maybe they tried to avoid having teams face four buys, but I know that four teams coming off buys, but I know the Giants a few years ago played three teams coming off a bye in the same year. The Ravens, I believe in 2000, played three teams coming off a bye. So, you know, these, it's amazing sometimes what, what uh, happens. And uh, I may be wrong about that. Maybe it was 2006. It was a good Ravens team that had to do it and they survived it. But, uh, but anyway, it was a, it was a raunchy schedule uh, choice anyway, when they get, when they got there. And then I, I, I toss it. The Ravens get a plus seven in that category, which is the biggest single number, but it offsets some of the some of the other things that have happened to them in the scheduling. Then I, I toss on a subjective adjustment at the end, and I, I don't allow this to go outside of minus five to plus five for elements not a, a incorporated in the in the scoring. And and you mentioned the thing about traveling to Washington after a Monday night game doesn't really seem that bad. And you're right. I probably should have just had a subjective adjustment in there that would have made my number one less here. I might even change that in the article going forward, Dan, I appreciate your review of this. Uh, But, but the playing the road Thursday against the biggest divisional competitor has such a potential impact on the playoffs that I would call that about a minus three all by itself. And it's really above and beyond what the normal scoring is because it has such a, a doubling effect within the division of potentially deciding the, the title. Yeah. Um, one question I have about that is, so after the um, after the Dallas game, we've got a long week and, and it goes into playing Cleveland at Cleveland. So mm-hmm. I think that's one big advantage that we have on the schedule that kind of jumps out to me is that you know we've got 11 day break going into an away game at one of the up-and-coming divisional rivals so um you know i know pittsburgh has been good for years but i think you know cleveland is definitely up and coming and and getting an extended uh extended week for a mini bye week going into the away game at Cleveland, I think, is uh, could be really good this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good one, and that's another one that I, I it'd be perfectly reasonable to say I've missed it by a point in terms of subjective adjustment here. So maybe I'll have to rethink this. And in terms of those couple of comments you made, and make it a minus two instead of a minus four. Um, when I look at this in total, uh, all of this nets to a minus three in, in the league where the average should be slightly below zero because of those the, the bye week um, negative bias that exists per team of, of about minus 0.31. So uh, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's certainly not a great schedule for the Ravens. And I have seen some things out there. In particular, there was a uh, ESPN analytics thing that said that the Ravens had one of the easiest schedules. One of the things they're looking at is travel miles, which that's all a structure of the league issue. That doesn't have anything to do with schedule makers, so it's not what I'm trying to look at. The other is aggregate rest, in which case I think the, the, the fact the Ravens don't play a team coming off a bye may be overweighted in terms of its value because they're saying that's seven additional days of aggregate rest, and so you, you, should, have to, you should have to play seven times on Monday Night Football to make that equal. Uh, you know, and I, I just I, I don't believe there's a there's a correspondence there that would necessarily make sense. So I, I would whenever you see models like on this, you should be like Dan is. You should ask questions. You should you should probe and question the people who present visuals for this and just say, hey, what's going on with this? How did you calculate that? What goes into that in terms of factors? And you shouldn't be afraid to do any of that. Anybody who's like me and you know has built a model of this type, they're eager to have that kind of discussion about their model. Perfectly happy to, to hear questions, particularly from people who, who just are, are, don't have an ax to grind or whatever and aren't, you know, calling you stupid or calling you names while you're doing it. It's fine. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ex- certainly without transparency, your methods don't have a lot of meaning. I, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think it's fun to kind of, it can branch off into additional conversations and things that you didn't think about and kind of next level uh, analysis oftentimes so it's it's often can asking some questions can 
lead to some great conversations. So Yeah, that's how you meet people on Twitter, too, and you decide who you want to talk to is you, you get somebody engaging who wants to be involved in the conversation, want to, wants to understand something. That's the person I want to talk to on Twitter. I don't want to I don't want to spend a lot of time talking to someone who, you know, who shouts in all caps or, you know, does certain <laughs> other, has certain other characteristics about what they do. You know, that's just not who I want to talk to. On a, on a regular basis, so uh, I may have some biases there that are that are uh, you know cause me to miss some people. But uh, but anyway, you, I think it's a good opportunity to meet people, is ask questions about their methods, and and most people are not going to be uh, uh, you know protective of that. I I, I think. Yep. Dan, I appreciate having you on for this. Is there anything else we should be talking about while we're here? Anything I might have might have missed in this uh, walkthrough? I think the only other thing is uh, that I, I can think of is that similar to last year, we've got a lot of back and forth, uh, home away, home away. The only back-to-back away games are Indianapolis and then New England uh, right after our bye. So that's a, a pretty balanced, um, balanced home and away schedule similar to last year. So that's that's nice as well. Mm-hmm. Well, just, you know, again, I, we, we have to go back to the overarching point that we just really hope these games get played in some way. And I, I I am not personally ready to make the sacrifice of not being able to go to the game at all, you know, just to have a season in front of empty stadiums. I think the, I, the NFL would lose a lot for that. A lot, a lot of the game would be lost for me. Uh, even as an analytic fan, and I bet this is true of you, Dan, I, I'm still a very loud fan at the games. <laughs> and And I really appreciate being there. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we've got some time, so we'll see where things end up. But, uh, you know, just excited that things are going the right direction and the schedule's coming out and something to look forward to. All right. Dan, again, really appreciate you being here. I wanted to, to tell people, make sure you give him a follow at DPRees8, is it? Yep, yep, at- DPRees, R-E-E-S, and then the number eight. Okay, on Twitter, I guarantee you, you'll get some good uh, good conversation going. Uh, Dan and I watched the draft together in a Zoom draft party, and that was a lot of fun. And Dan was kind of on the on all the trades in terms of valuing them by the draft deck board, and kind of saying, "Well, that's a you know so many JJ points for so many JJ points." And it got to the point where you, you kind of predict the trades in advance when you know what pick is being acquired. You don't even have to wait for them to say it's that's got to be their second and their sixth round pick that we're getting back for that kind of thing. Yep, we could figure it out. It was pretty fun. So yeah, all right. Well, appreciate that. And uh, and Dan, I hope we'll get you back on for another analytic topic at some point. And we'll talk to you next time on film study. Thanks.
Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.